At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pittsburgh CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at BetRivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by BetRivers. As I told you this week here on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. As I told you during the week, the game between the Steelers and Titans is exactly the kind of game that the Steelers always win. We've thrown dirt on their graves. We've kicked them while they were down. We've said they stink. We've said that they're done. Then they get a quality team at Heinz Field late in the season. Mike Tomlin needs the win to keep that perfect streak going of never having a losing season, and the Steelers get it done. What I didn't tell you, and what I knew as well, is that when they do that, they tend to make it anxiety-ridden. They tend to make it nauseating. They tend to make it harrowing. And that, too, is exactly what happened on Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. Steelers win 19-13. They do cover what ended up being a two-and-a-half-point line in their favor, even though they were underdogs to start the week at minus two-and-a-half. That line swung dramatically. The over-under was up and down the whole week, too, but I said it would come in snugly under whatever you had it at, 43 or 41-and-a-half, wherever it was, and boy, did it. It was even lower than I thought it was going to be. I had it at... 20 to 17 
It ended up being 19-13. to Steelers end up getting the victory, which is something they sorely needed if they planned to stay in AFC playoff contention. And by AFC playoff contention, as it's becoming more and more clear, I mean AFC North playoff contention, like winning the division. Because the way I look at it, it's the path to the playoffs for the Steelers. Get to the division championship. Forget about the wild card. They're much more apt to get in by watching Baltimore continue to fritter away its lead, by hoping Cincinnati does what Cincinnati always does and bangle it up down the stretch, and that COVID just sidelines the Browns and they fade as the season goes along. We'll see about that, see what happens on Tuesday, what with the new rules and all with the NFL But we'll talk about more on that topic with Mark Madden in our Madden Monday podcast, which is coming up shortly. Let's get to our reaction to what happened on Sunday, though, at Heinz Field. We always like to do this, our microwave reaction, taping this up just after the game against the Titans. So I don't want too much time to let this simmer. I don't want too much time to overthink this. I just want to give you the same raw emotion that I have when I pounded it out on the keyboard and put similar thoughts into the Tribune Review for our airing of grievances and our beats of strength that we do after every win or every loss. And usually when it's a win for the Steelers, there's just as much to complain about as there is to praise, so I always find that my grievances list is just about as long as my feats of strength, and that was again the case today. In fact, I probably could have gone on for months when it came time to the grievances. There were that many to be had. But let's start with the good stuff. The Steelers did win. They did close a game on Baltimore atop the AFC North, and the first thing you got to point to is the takeaways. The defense has been really good with takeaways the two previous seasons. Not as good this year by a far stretch, but they got four in this game. Well, three. T.J. Watt pounced on a fumbled snap. That counted as the fourth one. Unfortunately for the Steelers, though, the offense was able to generate only four field goals off of those changes of possession. It's a good thing the defense was as opportunistic as it was because it was another dreadful day trying to stop the run. So they better get the ball back because when they let the Titans hold on to the ball, they just kept churning up yards on the ground just like the Bengals did, just like we saw from the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday. No Derrick Henry didn't matter. Dante Foreman looked like Derrick Henry. He looked like Earl Campbell. He looked like Earl Campbell dipped in Walter Payton and rolled in O.J. Simpson. 109 yards rushing by himself. Jeremy McNichols pitched in with a combined 52 yards receiving as well with Foreman. So those guys put up big numbers from scrimmage. The Titans racked up 201 yards rushing on the ground. Meanwhile, credit the Steelers' offense for taking care of the ball as the defense was taken away from Tennessee four times, the offense didn't give it away at all. So that certainly helped the cause. Also going to point out the secondary. It's not often we've talked about great tackling by the Steelers' defense. However, up 19-13 to 13 with 46 seconds left from the Steelers' 16-yard line, Joe Hayden was able to drop Tennessee receiver Nick Westbrook-Akine just inches short of a first down. Hayden missed the team's previous four games after leaving the 16-16 tie against the Detroit Lions with a foot injury, and he made his presence felt with that play against Tennessee. The initial spot was an eyelash away 
from being a conversion for the Titans, probably too generous in favor of Tennessee, which resulted in some anxious moments in the stands at Heinz Field, but the officials measured it and gave the ball to the Steelers. The play was reviewed and upheld. The Steelers' celebration ensued. I thought they were way too generous on that spot in favor of Tennessee to begin with. I think if it had been called a first down, they would have reviewed it, and it would have been given to the Steelers anyway. So good job out of Hayden making an impact in his first game back. Minka Fitzpatrick had 14 total tackles, 12 solo. He also recovered a fumble. Arthur Millette forced a fumble and had five tackles. He was very active all afternoon. Also, and this was big, no Titans pass catcher at a reception longer than 18 yards all day. So credit to the Steelers secondary in that regard. Got to credit the bench too. On defense, backup outside linebackers Taco Charlton and Derek Tuska both came up with huge plays in the fourth quarter. Score was tied 13-13. Charlton deflected a pass at the line of scrimmage. Joe Schobert intercepts it. That leads to a Chris Boswell field goal to give the Steelers a 16-13 lead. Then up 19-13 with the Titans driving into the Steelers' red zone and Watt on the sidelines. Tuska forced a fumble while sacking Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. The Titans recovered the fumble. But the play still forced a loss of eight yards with only 53 seconds left, resulting in a third and 15. Eventually, the Steelers got the ball back to kneel out the clock after Hayden's tackle. Chris Boswell, he was good. He missed a 56-yard field goal at the end of the first half, but he made four of them on the day. Two of those kicks were from beyond 45 yards in the fourth quarter into the open end of the stadium. Aside from Boswell, though, And maybe this is a good way to segue into our airing of grievances that we always do. The special teams were bad. Presley Harvin had two bad punts. His first one went for just 27 yards. He had another in the first half that only went for 32. He drilled one from 51 yards only to watch Chester Rogers run it back 55. Plus, there was a penalty on James Pierre along the way. That set up the Titans on the 25-yard line. Tannehill scored on a quarterback sneak six plays later for Tennessee's first touchdown of the game. And by the way, before that possession, which resulted in Boswell's miss of 56 yards, the Steelers should have called the timeout while the Titans still had the ball. They took over following Randy Bullock's field goal to make it 13-3 Tennessee with just 21 seconds remaining in the half. They should have called timeout more quickly after third down or between second and third down that would have given them enough time to get Boswell closer for a more makeable attempt. But in general, the first half was just bad again. For the fifth straight game, the Steelers were terrible in the first half. Earlier in the week, we chronicled how lousy the Steelers have been to start games over the last month or so. Well, they did nothing to change that tune Sunday against the Titans. After an initial first down from Deontay Johnson, the first snap of the game, the Steelers then went nine and out. That's right, nine straight plays, netting two yards of offense, three punts. The defense was not very good either, allowing the Titans to run 40 plays. The Steelers had 21. Tennessee also had the ball for 21 minutes, 19 seconds of the first half. The Steelers only had it for 841. Tannehill and the Titans offense converted six third down conversions on 10 attempts. The Steelers, meanwhile, were 0 for 5. The Steelers tried only five rushing attempts and just got 16 yards out of them. Ten yards came on a reverse to Johnson. It was interesting to hear Mike Vrabel after the game where he talked about the rush attack from the Steelers. And the question, the way it was phrased from one of the reporters that covers the Titans was, 
Well, you did a pretty good job bottling up Najee Harris, didn't you, on the positive side, and Vrabel kind of blew it off and said, well, we didn't expect them to do much running the ball anyway. Well, the only things they got were on jet reverses and what do you call it? Razzle-dazzles. <laughs> Razzle-dazzles on the jet sweeps and the reverses to Claypool and Johnson. 1-1 for 10 yards, 1-1 for 7. Those were by far the best runs of the day. Oh, and Ben Roethlisberger's two QB sneaks too, uh, one of which didn't work, the second of which did. And we've got to get to the problems that Tomlin dwelled on in his postgame comments, and he should. The Steelers on third downs were a nightmare. Their play calling on third downs is maddening. And their fascination with throwing short of the sticks is mind-boggling. You're tired of hearing me talk about it. I'm tired of having to talk about it. They did it in the first quarter on a four-yard underneath throw to Johnson on third and ten. They did it again on a third and six pass to Najee Harris that went for four yards in the second quarter. And again on a third and 14 dump down to Harris that only netted five yards. Plus one more time on third and nine in the fourth quarter leading to Boswell's fourth field goal. Just to name a few examples. On that short catch by Johnson that I mentioned, they took Pat Fryermuth out of the game in favor of Ray Ray McLeod. And they left Zach Gentry in to block along the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure how that makes them more of a threat to pick up a first down with that package. Then there was that hideous goal line decision to throw in a 50-50 fade pass prayer to McLeod on third down from Tennessee's 18-yard line. That killed the red zone possession while they were down 10 to nothing in the second quarter and resulted in the short field goal. In all, the Steelers were just 2 for 11 on third downs and ran only 45 offensive plays as opposed to the Titans' 78. So by extension, they only had the ball for 20 minutes and 52 seconds. All that despite forcing four turnovers. Like, if this was the early part of the season, if this was the middle of the season, I would have watched this game and said, you know what, this means nothing. All this proves that the Steelers are no good. They just got a victory against a mediocre Titans team, and they looked pretty lousy in doing it, even when the Titans tried their hardest to give it away. That would have been my analysis if we had seen this game in September, October, maybe even November. But now here, approaching Christmas, knowing what they're looking at to try to make the playoffs, I don't care. I'll take it. I know what they are already, and like I said, coming into the game, this is exactly what I was anticipating anyway. This game played out exactly as I thought it would, as very few have since, oh, I don't know, week six or seven when things really started to come off the rails for the Steelers and the injuries happened and COVID happened and they were able to grind themselves to a couple wins and then it went south again like we saw at the start of the season where it began one and three and they went into that stretch of games where they were winless that just concluded with the latest defeat to the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. But now they get back on the winning track, and they do so just in time to gain ground of the Baltimore Ravens. Why? Because John Harbaugh can't help himself. Went for it again on a two-point conversion when an extra point would have put them in overtime. I guess I get it a little bit more now. You don't have Lamar Jackson. Backup quarterback is in there. You're facing Aaron Rodgers. You have the momentum on your side. It made more sense this time. It just makes less sense doing it again after it burns you against the Steelers so recently. I don't know who's going to win the North. The Steelers are still alive for it. They're not going to be helped in their cause next week. They're going to get splattered by the Kansas City Chiefs. 
We'll talk about that next with Mark Madden. He joins us to talk about the Steelers' victory. Again, they cover. Uh, Hopefully you listened early in the week and you got that advice and you played the under two. Both of those things hit. We talked to Mark about that. And we talk about the Penguins getting a victory. They took on the New Jersey Devils for the first of two. Initially on the road, they played Jersey. They have now won three in a row. Well, seven in a row and three in a row of these five games that I told you when I talked to Brian Metzer this week that they just had to win. Not only just get points in all of them, but get wins in all of them. Go in winning all five, or at least get eight out of ten. Or if you're going to lose, lose in a shootout and get nine points out of ten. They're on the right path, even though they haven't looked spectacular really in any of the wins. They've been good enough to get the victory. They made it tense, though. They take that late penalty on a cross-check, a breakaway with one second left. Well, you talk about the Steelers giving you heartburn. How about what the Penguins did at the end of that game? All that next on our Madden Monday podcast next with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X and Trib Live as we roll on. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Download the Bet Rivers app today or go to BetRivers.com. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The VSIN midseason football special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on vsin.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. A Madden Monday podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Tim Benz and Mark Madden with you. Listen to Mark on 105.9 The X, Monday through Friday. You can listen to him on The X, 3 until 6. Read him in the Trib and check him out with me on Madden Benz Unfiltered as well on Monday mornings. Mark, who do you think created more anxiety for themselves and for their fans on Sunday? The Steelers or the Penguins? Well, uh, the Steelers really needed to win. So the anxiety was a little thicker at Heinz Field, I would say. But the Penguins played a pretty bad game at New Jersey despite winning 3-2. to two. But then again, that's seven in a row for them. And they're really starting to carve out a little bit of a, a gap in the wild card race anyway. And they're sneaking up on the New York Rangers for third place in the Metro. But the Steelers game, boy, if ever a win could be discouraging, it was that game because the Steelers – one only because Tennessee kept putting the ball on the ground. Well, three fumbles, one interception. And the Steelers only manufactured four field goals from those four turnovers. It, it, it was like they just, they're just not very good, Tim. I mean, even though they won, even though they're 7 6 and 1, even though now only a half game separates the entire AFC North from top to bottom, uh, forget about all that because I know what I see, and I see a football team that isn't very good in the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's another win by less than one score. 
They could have lost at the death. Tennessee had the ball for 40 minutes. If you would just look at the stats from that game, you would not be able to imagine a way the Steelers won that game, but they didn't, and good for them. If they can keep forging ahead and make it pay off, that's great. I just don't see it. I think they're going to get beat by about 30 at Kansas City. Yeah, that forging ahead stops next week. It's just a matter, Mark, as far as their playoff chances go, not only of can they stay alive beyond Kansas City for the next couple weeks and then adding on to that, not just who loses, but do the right teams lose in the right week? That's what has to happen to keep them alive. Well, and I think that after they lose to Kansas City, which to me is a fait accompli because the Chiefs have remembered how to be the Chiefs. But right. you know, if you can't beat Cleveland at Heinz Field, then you don't deserve to contend for the playoffs, let alone make them. So if it all comes down to that, that's fine. If they lose, then win, and then fall short at Baltimore on the last day and miss the playoffs – Okay, at least then they'll be 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And, Tim, I don't know if you knew this, but Tomlin has never had a losing season. <laughs> I've heard that, and I've heard of this podcast, me predict 8-8-1 eight, eight, many times over, and only facetiously to a degree. I always kind of thought that he would be right around that 500 mark, and I said 9-8, and eight, and, and maybe if I'm wrong, and maybe if they are 9-7-1, um, you know, I, I can live with that. If they are 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, you know what? That tie against Detroit, that's going to cost them potentially a division championship because it's highly possible that 9-8 and eight wins the division. And they're so lucky to be even in the race. Though. Look at today. They're lucky to win the game today. Look at some of the numbers, Tim. I'm reading from the stat sheet. Tennessee nearly doubled the Steelers in total yardage, 318 to 160. They had 22 first downs. The Steelers got 12. I wouldn't say Ben had a good game. Najee had 12 rushes for 18 yards. The Steelers just janked this one out of their backside, and they've done that on a number of occasions this season. I don't know. Maybe they can do it enough to make the playoffs. I think that speaks more of how mediocre the division is than how good the Steelers are. I think those numbers that you read are much more reflective of who they are, which is why I think they're going to be so badly exposed next week against the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. If you're Tennessee, Tim, aren't you – in the locker room afterwards wondering how the frig you lost that game? Well, I think you know how you lost the game. You gave the ball away four times. I think you're wondering how... And even that only led to 12 points. You could have won despite that, and in fact, they almost did. And by the way, how about that spot and measurement at the end of the game? Does it get any more dramatic than that? That was awesome. I thought that Tennessee got very fortunate spacing on that. I thought they got a very fortunate possession initially. They got a very generous mark. And, and then when they put the, the sticks down, I couldn't tell if he made it or didn't. Yeah, me too. And then I guess they had it, you know, remarked. And, and really, I think they had it remarked a little bit further back, or at least they should have. They definitely should have because I thought it was very beneficial to the Titans on the initial mark. And based on what I saw on television, it looked like Hayden made a fine tackle. Rare do we come down to the Steelers making a tackle to make a play to decide a game, Mark. That was stunning. And a secondary guy, no less. In fact... Even Mink had a good game tackling people for a change. He had eh, now, now hold it back up there, Tim. Mink had 14 tackles. Uh, Terrell Edmonds had 10 tackles. You know why that is? Because Tennessee averaged almost five yards a carry. And when a rushing attack does that, the safeties wind up making a lot of tackles because the ball is always getting to the second level. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that the Steelers' rush defense was any good. I'm just saying that that last line of defense managed to avoid the huge runs like DeAndre Swift had, for instance, when they were flailing trying to get tackles. 
It's amazing for what passes for a good game now, Tim, <laughs> if you remember that Steelers defense. Yeah, that's true. Um, the rush defense, there were moments, Mark, I don't know if you had the same feeling as I did during the course of the game. What, the only feeling I had was nausea. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what would this look like if Derrick Henry was playing? My God, that was Deontay Foreman for crying out loud, and he looked like Earl Campbell. Yeah, again, lucky to win in almost every definition of the word lucky. And the other piece of luck, I think I heard Ryan Tannehill say after he and his center have never had a bad snap, that was their first fumbled snap that went to the other team. Um, It was just disgusting, though, to watch them try to capitalize on those turnovers. Mark, they failed on 9 of 11 third downs. 9 of 11, and I can think of four off the top of my head where they threw the ball well short of the sticks, and we're just hoping, hoping that a run could be broken to get to the line of scrimmage, and it never happened. Well, I will say, though, at least Ben, I lost count, Tim, because I'm not used to counting. Did Ben have one quarterback sneak or two? I know he had one for the touchdown. Well, he had one right before that where he failed. It was a second attempt at a quarterback sneak. Once again, Tim, they were piling up so fast. And Was it just me or did Ben kind of get emotional after he scored? A little bit, yeah. I mean, they had that shot of him, too, on CBS, meditating or whatever underneath the stands and sweats before yeah, the game. Wasn't that from before the game? How was he wearing sweatpants? No, I think it was before the game. I think Didn't they say that the footage was aired before the game, or did they say it was actually during the game? I don't know, Tim. I watched with the sound down. I can't stand the national announcers. Yeah, I heard Romo was making people mad today. Is that right? I was at the game, so I didn't hear what he was saying that was ticking everybody off. I was I was at a bar, Tim, the justifiably well-attended Dom's Pizzeria in Trafford. Oh, yeah? Do you, you recommend it highly? I do. I do. And uh, they let me watch the Liverpool game beforehand, too. Even better. How'd they do, by the way? 2-2 two, two draw, I don't want to talk about Okay, we'll move right on from that then. Uh, go back to something more disturbing, like the Steelers' defense, which in the first half, regardless, defense, offense, Mark, even special teams with the punter, Harvin, who was terrible today. My gosh, are they bad at the start of games. They are really terrible coming out of the locker room to start games. Unspeakably bad. It's almost hard to describe, isn't it? I almost think, Mark, I want to say it's coaching that's causing that, but I know what Tomlin says to us, and it's not wrong in what he's telling us that the team has to look out for and then the team that they're playing does exactly that and the Steelers can't stop it uh yeah I I just well here's the thing Tim I think almost everything Tomlin says is horse manure so it's tough to sift through it and try to figure out where he where he lied or was mistaken or it's just always been full of crap all year well that's true but okay I'll give you an example like he said you know Minnesota's really good at running pitch plays to Dalvin Cook. Now, I've seen enough Vikings games here and there to know that he runs that play really well, and they ran it a bunch, and the Steelers couldn't touch it. Then you look at Tennessee, who aside from one game against Strangely Left New England, uh, they've been terrible since Derrick Henry has been out running the football. What they do, they run tosses and pitches, and the Steelers can't stop it. Like, Clyde Edwards, a layer, might as well start running tonight, and it'll be going until next Monday, and the Steelers won't touch him. Yeah, but Tim, it's all fool's gold. That's the term I'm going to use on my radio show. The seven six and one, the win yesterday. It's all fool's gold. You know, the thing you got to look at is they were useless in the first half. They were plus four on turnovers, still barely won. Tennessee had a legit chance to win at the end. You know, doubling the yardage, uh, just just doubling the first downs almost. I mean, I don't know how Tennessee lost the game. I'd almost like to do sports talk in Tennessee tomorrow because that would be interesting. <laughs> Good point. You know where else it would be interesting, Mark? Baltimore. 
oh, yeah, because he went for two and bypassed a field goal. And, and, and you know what? When you bypass a field goal and then go for two, mathematically you're kind of contradicting yourself. Yeah, and this whole thing about going for two all the time or going for it on fourth down all the time, I made this argument during the week after the Chargers did what they did on Thursday night. It's one thing to find data and be smart with numbers that help you win football games. Like, that's being smart. Just reading a play sheet and having the numbers tell you what to do all the time, that doesn't make you smart. That just makes you literate. You know how to read numbers on a play sheet. You're coaching by rote at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, And here's the thing about going for two all the time and going for it on fourth time all the time. To have it pay off, if you think the numbers favor you in that circumstance, you literally have to do it all the time. When you don't do it once, you skew the mathematics. You have to decide, and he won't decide. Harbaugh got away with going for two early in the season with Lamar, and it worked. It didn't work against the Steelers. You know, I understand more why he did it today because he's got the backup quarterback, the momentum's in his favor. They're playing against a better team with Aaron Rodgers. I got it more today. But yet, because he failed against the Steelers, to me, it felt like stubbornness. I agree. Totally agree. And he was just trying to get his own back. But uh, they lost and not top to bottom. Boy, like I said, a half game separates the entire division going into the Cleveland game Monday night. It's just, it's crazy. I'm hoping it goes down to the last day with the same standings, roughly, so you could finish first or last, where you could start the day being a potential division champion or potentially being last place and out of the playoffs. You caught me off guard when I was on your show on Friday when you said, who's going to win the North? Not because I haven't been thinking about it, just because I don't have a good answer. And I guess my answer right now is, well, Cincinnati, they're first as it stands, and I can't believe it, but they did beat the Broncos to give them first place with the tiebreaker over Baltimore. Cincinnati's the best team right now. Whether that you know plays out over the last three weeks, whether, you know, we're expecting them to arrive a year early than their youth and experience dictates, I do not know. But I think Cincinnati's the best team. Last thing on the NFL, Mark, then I want to get to hockey. Do you think they did the right thing with their decision to change the COVID protocols? The NFL, yeah. Like, basically, they're putting their head in the sand. They're ignoring guys who have COVID. But why not? You see, here's the thing. What they're doing, ignoring X amount of guys who have COVID – works if everybody's vaccinated and nearly everybody is 95 percent is yeah so i have no problem with it yeah i agree with you um they're basically doing mark what the rest of society is doing like this whole notion that optically they've got to be bigger than the rest of society to me is silly you know most people if they're vaccinated and at work don't get tested every week you know, that's that's the wild card in all this. They're getting tested every week. There's asymptomatic vaccinated people walking around all over the place right now. That's in every sport, Tim. They're trying to prove we care more. I'm tired about who cares more. I want to see who can be the most functional. And they can be functional better than society because they have the means to do so. The so only be that reason way. we're not past this in both sports and society is because X amount of people don't want us to be past it. Now back to the Penguins. You know, I was talking about the anxiety that they caused. Most of that anxiety, well, I shouldn't say most because they weren't very good in the first period either. Teddy Bluger had a shorty. They weren't very good against Buffalo on Friday either. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, that is fair. But I'm talking about this game specifically against the Devils where in the third period with the lead, was it Matheson that took the cross-check penalty? Uh, in the, in the I third? think it was Pedersen. Oh, Pedersen. I'm sorry. Took the cross-check penalty. 
and then they give away a breakaway with a second left. I mean, my God, they tried to give the Devils a chance to get a point. Oh, and then in the other night, Jeff Carter takes a offensive zone tripping penalty with right. five seconds left in regulation. Yep, right, yeah. You're preaching the choir. It's dumb, dumber, dumbest, but they're winning. And Jari was big when it counted there, too. Well, not only that, Tim, they blew 2 nothing leads two games in a row. You had Bluger on your show. He was the one guy who came out of the locker room and played well, not just with a shorthanded goal, but I think he had almost all their shots, few that there were in the first period. If he ever scores 20 goals, Tim, he'll be a zillionaire. He plays 200-foot hockey very effectively. He might be the best penalty killer in the league. And now he feels like a constant to Sullivan. I mean, Sullivan rode him pretty hard, Mark. There were many times I thought when Bluger was first coming up, why doesn't Sullivan just stick with them? And the hard, heavy-handed coaching for him seems to have paid dividends. You know, it's funny. Bluger's killing penalties so well, I was thinking, you know, for, for his Olympic nation, he could be like, you know, even though he's off the beaten path for an Olympian, he could be a real good penalty killer. And then I'm thinking, oh, wait, he's Latvian. He's like Connor McDavid over there. <laughs> That's right. He's a first-liner. Can't have your first-liner killing penalties. Where do you think Jari stands on the Canadian list for goalies? Is this starting to take wing here? I think Carey Price could come out of rehab with a white wing of powder around his nose <laughs> and then pop him in goal for the first game. <laughs> And, and I don't mean to be too flippant because I don't know exactly why he's in there, but you get the drift. I do get the drift, and I think you're right. Um, I don't know who else the other goalies would be. I but... wish him well in his recovery, but, you know, <laughs> he, he, could, he could get picked up from rehab by Joe Walsh and, and then just let him play. Hey, get in there, kid. You'll be fine. We were talking about uh, last week this run of games that the Penguins have before Christmas, and I thought they needed to get, if not 10 points, get nine or, or, you know, win four or five at least. And, well, they're, they're getting there. It hasn't been pretty, but they're getting there. Well, yeah, I thought going into this stretch of, of uh, games, two with New Jersey, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Montreal, they need to get nine out of ten points. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And right now they have six out of – wait, they have uh, six out of six. Yes, right, so yes. they're in good shape. How about Crosby and the way he's playing? Do you think he's picking it up, at least before tonight? Uh, yeah, I'd still like to see him score more goals and get more opportunities, but he's moving the puck. He's moving the he's puck. Skating well, he's doing that two and ten stuff with his skates, so I have no complaints. And I think the, the the rest of the speed that has kind of returned to the Penguins, Mark, has brought some more speed out of him too. If that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, and that was good general managing by Hextall because he went on got guys like Danton Heinen. You know, Rodriguez, you know, ended up staying with the team. Guys who aren't great players and aren't, you know, they're not as effective as Carl Hagelin overall, although Heinen scored more goals than Hagelin yeah. did, but they're fast. You know, if, if Mike Sullivan and Sidney Crosby, as the coaching captain, are going to insist the Penguins play fast, then even if the fast players you get aren't as great as the fast players you used to have, well, at least they're fast. What did you think of Rutherford going to Vancouver? I know Jim's still wanting to work. That that boy, that's an, that's an uphill climb there. But at least he'll get to trade Sutter for a third time. <laughs> Is that why he took the job, do you think? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> all right, Mark, last thing. Kenny Pickett, four goes, decides not to play in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Pitt all of a sudden. Well, Jesus, Pitt a favorite again? No, they're an underdog now. Oh, yeah, we know our friend is going to pay off at his bet now, it looks like, right? Oh, yeah, 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 because... Uh, well, I take that back. No, I made a huge bet against Pitt. He made a huge bet made a huge against bet on Michigan State. Yeah, with 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 the better number. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. But then again, Kenneth Walker is that his name? The running yeah, back. He's, he's not going to play for Michigan State. Yeah, that's going to even out the playing field a little bit. Well, not really because I'm not interested. <laughs>
because you don't have that big of a bet on Pitt. Otherwise, you might if be they, interested. If they both had been playing, I wouldn't watch. If they switched <laughs> teams, I wouldn't watch. Mark Madden, make sure you check him out Monday through Friday on 105.9 The X, 3 until 6. You can read him multiple times per week here at Trib Live as well. And check him out. Madden Ben's Unfiltered. We're going to be on at 9.30 on Monday morning recapping the Penguins game and the Steelers game. Make sure you're with us on the Trib Live Facebook stream. This is the Madden Monday Podcast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Go to BetRivers.com or download the app today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.